This episode of the Media Leader Podcast was edited by a production partner, Trisonic, a results-focused agency that plans and buys all audio media. Check them out at trisonic.co.uk. Because of AI, we've managed to dynamically flex ad load depending on where the user is, but actually engagement has deepened, which tells you that ads can be content. Hello and welcome to the Media Leader Podcast. I'm Omar Oaks. Now, 2023 was a very turbulent year for media advertising, as many as you know, with the ad market slowing right down for some above-the-line channels, particularly TV. Um, But digital actually had a tricky time too. Um, We're just coming out of the earnings report season, and it's clear to see that while the digital ad market has shown signs of recovery, not all online platforms are seeing those benefits equally. So over the next few weeks on the Media Leader Podcast, we're going to be talking to the likes of Snap, TikTok, Spotify and others to get a sense of where the digital media market is going in 2024. But first, I'm very pleased to be joined by Milka Privadovanova, who is Head of Europe, Middle East and Africa at Pinterest. Milka, hello. And where does the Media Leader podcast find you today? Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I am home. Uh, It's half term. My children are in the other room, instructed not to disturb. So hopefully they won't make an appearance, but let's see. Ah, Well, if they do, it's it's fine. We'll just invite them on and um, see what they think about um, the future of Pinterest. (laughs) Um, So yeah, um, so we're just coming back of um, Pinterest reporting their Q4 annual earnings, um, where revenue was up 12% year on year in the fourth quarter. Monthly average users were up 11% to nearly half a billion, half a billion using Pinterest, which was ahead of analyst estimates and your average revenue per user was $2. And we'll get into those numbers. But um, firstly, how would you characterize Milka Pinterest's 2023? Well, as you said, we just reported a very strong Q4, uh, which was actually bookending a transformational and really strong 2023. So during this year, there are a couple of things that happened alongside executing our long-term strategy. So uh, first, as you said, our monthly active users are at all. Are at, we haven't seen such level of growth since Q1 of 2021. But what has been really impressive is the progress we've made with Gen Z. So Gen Z are our fastest growing uh, audience. They currently have. They currently represent more than 40% of our total audience is Gen Z, and their most engaged cohort, which has been an incredible success. So we see new users and our users engaging more deeply. Uh, we have also had, in 2023, every single quarter, we, we posted positive revenue growth, which we, which was great. But what that also was representing is the, the way that revenue actually evolved. So historically, Pinterest has been very strong with brand awareness budgets. But this year, we saw, as part of our journey, like that transformation more towards lower funnel. So, you know, now more than 50% of our revenue is going through lower funnel and that these are the budgets that are more sustainable, that are more long-term and clients are seeing significant success uh, with the platform in that part of the business. So the Pinterest shares were down by 28% initially in after hours trading, but since rebounded. And it was quite interesting because um, in the in-between time, you had the earnings call and you announced this um, partnership with Google, which is in addition to an existing partnership that you have on uh, with Amazon on retail. So um, e-commerce really important to your business. So, so um you said um, very positive um, 2023 in terms of user number growth. Um, but wh- why w- why did the market react to that, to revenue? So look, we are really in the 
it, we continue to follow a long-term strategy. So that's that's kind of how I see the business evolving. And really, as we, as we said, I talked about our user growth, our shoppability, like really the focus right now for the business is how do we make Pinterest actionable? Like this is our users come with that, what we say, the lean forward mindset. So they're not sitting back being entertained. They're coming with a lean forward mindset. They want to shop. More than 50% of our users come to Pinterest They say they want to shop. And that's actually what we currently are doing. This is both through our first party efforts, but in the areas of the business, you know, like the third party partnerships like Amazon and Google, we basically augment the parts of the business where we might not have demand. So the Google, you know, the Amazon partnership has started in the US. We've seen some great successes there. You know, so we're really pleased with that. That will continue to evolve. And then Google, the partnership is really about markets where we're currently not monetized. So we really see that per third-party effort as that augmenting because ultimately what we want is when the users come to find what they're looking for and to be able to action it. Um, actually, shopping and ads, when done well, is really additive. Our users see this as content effectively, like it, and we're ultimately fulfilling our users' demand. Yeah, and talk a bit about um, how long this Amazon partnership has been going, um, what you've learned from working with them, what value it's adding. You say it's additive and um, what you hope to achieve by adding Google now as well. So our Amazon partnership launched in uh, early Q4 of, of, of this year and our Google partnership, which we, we just announced it. But really what this third party demand does is augment our catalogue. So it will be, again, with Google, it will be in the markets where currently not monetized or we're under monetized. Amazon is starting in the US. And again, it's just, it's bringing the demand into the services or like so search and related services so far. And we're not, now in Q1, we're going to test home feed. But it's really bringing like Amazon has this amazing catalog of merchants. And again, our users come to Pinterest to shop. So that's why this partnership is additive to what we currently do. And um, will they will will these partnerships be broadly the same with Amazon and Google going forward, or will they? Is it just um, different platforms, but ultimately um, the integration is the same, or will will the integration be different? The ultimate goal is to bring our users the ability to, to find the products they're looking for. That's that's what both partnerships are fulfilling. The location of where that's happening in the actual integration is is something that I don't, I'm not going to go into the details uh, right now, but ultimately that's what it is. We want our users when they come to Pinterest and when, they, when they're looking for that inspiration and to bring it to reality for us to find, to give them the right product, which again might come through our first party efforts. It might come through Amazon in the US. And again, Google will be uh, is only in the markets where we are currently not monetized at all. Mm. Um, and you talked about um, user growth being particularly strong among um, Gen Z. I mean, wh why is that? Um, where, where, where do you see that, see that real appeal? Um, marketers are very obviously interested in um, Gen Z and how to reach them. Um, it's so hard to reach into traditional media. What would you say is the secret source that you're finding that's particularly attractive? I mean, there's a couple of things happening. So one, they come to Pinterest, uh, and as we now have, you know, augmented our AI efforts, you know, we have doubled down on how we use AI to give people recommendations, you know, so people are finding more and more of what, what they're looking for. As I said, we also focused on actionability. So when they come and they see something they like, they can actually take action on it. I think in the past, you know, Pinterest was this amazing uh, window shop but you that you see, but the shop was always closed. And really, we have put a lot of effort right now to be able to open the shop. So, you know, when I when I speak to uh, consumers, clients, etc., like very often the frustration is, I see this amazing thing, 
but I cannot buy it. And we're opening the shop. And I think that particularly for Gen Z has been, has been important. Uh, you know, we have a product that we've launched called Collages, which has seen an imme- tremendous traction uh, with them, which is basically you're able to cut out a particular part of a picture or product and you can create your own outfit or again, it's a, it's a collage. And this is something that has been very popular with Gen Z. What's amazing is that 75% of our collages contain uh, a product pin, which again, people really want to shop particularly Gen Z. But finally, what I think has partic- is, is very important for Gen Z is the positivity of the platform. So they tell us that they come to Pinterest to find a respite of the toxicity of, of other platforms. So this is the online oasis. You know, nine of ten of our users say that Pinterest is this, this online oasis that they that they find they, they can be themselves. They don't have to be acting for somebody else. They can just they really come there for themselves. And that's particularly important for the Gen Z audience. Yeah. And it's really interesting as well when we think about consumer culture and how younger people are part of that um where you know you often hear talks about how you know younger media consumers they they reject ads very anti-advertising but everything that you've just been saying you know the data bears that out that actually you know they they want to shop and they want to actually talk about what they're shopping and you know um consumerism is very much a, a part of their behavior online um how do you, it's interesting you talk about um, the toxicity. Um, how do you guard against Pinterest just becoming another platform where um, you have toxicity that you might have on other platforms? So there's a couple of things that are important here. So first, you know, we are very intentional in building that positive place online. If, if we actually take a step back, if you remember the beginning of social media, you now social media was a feed of People like you seeing what your friends have been doing. Like that, that's what that's how social media started. It started with this promise of connection and uh, knowing what your friends are doing and all, all, all of that. But what happened is, you know, the AI effectively was tuning for engagement. And what engages consumers is the things that enrage you. So this is things that drive fear, anger, etc. And so what we do very intentionally, we we tune for mental well-being we tune for positivity so that is that is like a very mindful like that's a very intentional action that we have taken let me give you like a, a, an example you know if you're driving on the road and you see a car crash you know you don't want to you don't want to look at it but you look at it so in, yeah. in an online space the traffic slows right down because everyone's doing that <laughs> yes <right? laughs> and so in an online space what what the algorithm says is like oh you looked at this i'm going to show you another one oh you looked at it again i'm going to show you another one etc etc but if you actually ask people, is this what you want to see again? Majority of them will say, no, well, that was terrible. I don't want to see it. And so what we, what in Pinterest, what we do is we take the, the AI, first you tune for that positive outcome, and then we really prioritize explicit signals. So this is like, if, if, you, if you just do a few times, the most toxic content will rise to the top even of Pinterest. But when you look at explicit signals, which people are telling you what they like, so they're telling you what they pin, what they save, what they search for, the type of content that comes on top, it's like, how do I make a dinner tonight for my for my family? You know, what do I wear? So is that more positive po- positive content? And then just for you know, throughout our history as a company, we have had industry leading initiatives around really mental well being and like and really pre- preventing toxicity from coming onto the platform. You know, in fact, last year in Cannes, we we launched the. Uh, internet pledge where we specifically said like we want to make the internet better let's let's all share let's all work together 
to make sure that we drive mental well-being and, and really tune for that well-being versus versus just pure view time. Um, yeah, that's very interesting. Um, so um, how do you see that developing in 2024? Um, so you mentioned that you've look at the earnings results we've had so far, really strong rebound, I guess, from the, the biggest platforms, Alphabet, Meta. Do you think it's... Um, it will, the advertisers are responding well enough to that message of positivity and not being not letting the same old algorithm tactics of enragement as you talk about um, define what, what what leads to user retention on these platforms. Look, ultimately, this is a business priority. So, you know, what we've seen in our research is that you know sixty percent of users say they trust, remember, and more importantly, buy from brands that show up in a positive environment. And we wouldn't just do it because it's it's a nice thing to do. We will do it because it actually drives results. At the end of the day, you know, as we as we evolve, as I just talked about, you know, that, that evolution towards lower funnel, to, towards measurability, which is more general as an industry, we actually see our clients having incredible results on, on the platform by taking advantage of our measurement solutions, you know, the, again, the first party data that we have. And so so this is something that, I, you know, my hope is that as, a, as an industry will continue to, to push together. You know, most brands, if you think about it, are built on positivity. And if I make a, 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 a different example, but, you know, electric cars weren't popular for so many years. And think of, it, think of what, what the indus, in, uh, auto industry has changed and what, what has happened, you know. And so I think this is the journey we're on as an industry. But I think here where everyone, you know, from a platforms, from brands have a responsibility to think, where do my dollars go? What's more important? Is it at the the average revenue per user important, or is it the total revenue? I'm just I'm just keen to understand um, when you look at growing the business. What's more important? Well, we look at both. If you think about the, our audience construct, eighty percent of our users are internationally, whereas not eighty percent of our revenue is internationally. So really, the question is how can we how can we double down on those international markets and 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 like make sure that again. To me, ultimately, what matters is these are users that in these markets that are looking for inspiration and to bring that inspiration to life. How can we give them that opportunity to do that? And so some of the ways is through those third-party partnerships we talked about, you know, resellers, etc. And then in Europe in particular, which I lead, is, uh, is really taking the, the playbook that we have in the US is, and really like going even deeper with, with, with our clients. You know, we have seen tremendous success with big retailers that have adopted, you know, again, our measurement solutions, conversion API, direct links, and they're seeing great results. You know, we, at the very beginning of Q4, we we launched something called direct links, which is effectively as the user comes uh, to Pinterest and they want to they wanna buy, they want to they wanna do something, we now directly send them to the merchant's uh, website. And that has driven more than 100% clicks year on year. Uh, you know, and this was something, this, the, the, the Clients had to do nothing about that. We just delivered that value for them. So really, this is now the, the journey we're all on is capturing that value, like working with our with our clients in Europe to really understand that what Pinterest drives from a performance perspective, and so that because ultimately that benefits that benefits our users. Yeah. Um, something with regards to the advertisers as well. I mean, something we've been writing a lot about is, um, frankly, the dilution of how influential 
big, big advertisers are when it comes to online media um, because their spend is proportionately lower. So still big advertisers that advertise all over media, but actually um, for online platforms, so much business generally is coming from small businesses who are buying directly. I mean, how does that look like for your business? Is it a similar story where you're increasingly getting this long tail, which is getting longer and longer? We work with all advertisers, whether they're big or small. So I think that you know that's the, the that's the, the the first thing to say. Uh, and, and actually, in a way, I, I, we see a democratization of of the of the marketplace when you think about in a in a shopping environment. Like it doesn't matter whether you're a big advertiser or a small advertiser. If you have a product that users like, you know, we will show that product. And again, ultimately, that will lead to a good positive experience of of of, of the consumer. But I think ultimately, to me, what what this year is important is in my mind, it's going to be a very pivotal year for the industry when you think about a major browser deprecating cookies and what and what, what will happen. And I think there's two things here. You know, for us, first of all, on a, on a targeting perspective, you know, we have very strong signals from, from our users. So again, they, we don't have to know what they're doing elsewhere because we they tell us what they're interested in. They tell us their interests. They search for things. They save, they pin, etc. But then there's this important element of measurement, you know, and how do we how do we measure results? And I think an advertiser, whether they're big or whether they're small, they have to know what they're measuring ultimately and how they're measuring it. And this is where you'll see, uh, like in my mind, this is where some of the differences come. So I think the larger the advertiser, the more sophisticated the measurement models might be uh, versus a smaller advertiser. And we have solutions that we allow us to work with with all of them. So as I said, you know, we have API for conversion, you know, direct links that's now driving more clicks. We have we work with MMM models, multi-touch attributions, etc., as well as first-party data. So all of that is important. I think this will be the year where like we really have to understand measurement very deeply. Mm. I, th- I just find that fascinating and particularly um, with everything you've just been talking about with um, AI as well, just the ability just for, for more automated things to happen. So let me ask you, as we talked about your Amazon partnership, your evolving Google partnership, e-commerce, obviously really important to the Pinterest business. When you look at other platforms, all the conversation has been been about AI and optimizing things, doing more creative things on both the, the content and the advertising side. Where do you see 2024? What's going to be most important? Is it going to be integrating with big platforms is it, or is it going to be these tech changes which you think will be most transformational this year? So I think things are things are in a way related. So when I think about 2024, you know, we want to continue that journey of driving deeper engagement with our, with our users as well as having new users on. And actually, this is one of the areas where AI would, would come in. You know, AI, as I said already, is a, is a very strong signal, like a, it's something that we do very well. And in the way it's showing up is, is understanding what users want at that particular point in their journey. So for example, you know, we will show them relevant products. Uh, so it will be like, oh, you like this. How about you like, like, what do you think about that? And actually what we've seen in the last year is that the models that we have have expanded uh, exponentially in terms of what AI is being trained on. And we have seen a jump of 10 percentage points on relevance, which is pretty significant. So that means like we have users that are, we know we're showing people more engaging content. Um, we are also using AI to really understand again where, where the user is and what what is the optimal page looking like for them, whole page optimization. So like if I'm a if I'm a user who is if right now today I'm looking for some inspirational quotes, I don't want to see any shopping content. 
But if I'm coming in and I want to look at, uh, like I'm looking for a party outfit for this weekend, I mean, even if I see more ads than usual, if they are relevant to me, that will be additive. And that actually improves my experience. And in fact, that's what we've seen. You know, we've, we've seen because of AI, we've I've managed to dynamically flex ad load depending on where the user is. But actually, engagement has deepened. Like we actually have more engaged users, which tells you that ads can be content. Ads can be additive to the to the user experience. We use it in shopping. As I said, we are we are we're working on making Pinterest even like more shoppable, more actionable because that adds to that. And at the end, we do, we do use AI in in building the more positive, the most positive place online. Like we use AI in terms of how we tune our algorithm, that tuning towards positivity. So I think AI is quite ingrained in what we do, but the question is how do you use it and making sure that we really tailor it and, and, and align it to our strategic priorities. And do you think um, your relationships with agencies will change much going forward? In terms of you know the the markets changing in terms of um, all the I mentioned the long tail of advertisers before, but even just in terms of everything you've been talking about in terms of AI and changing the ad load and these more automated systems, how do you think your your relationship with the agencies will change? Agencies are a key partner of ours, and that will continue to be the case. You know, so that that doesn't change. So they are uh, they are absolutely we work very closely with them in a lot and together with our with our clients. So I don't see that. Uh, you know, are changing. In fact, some of the things we, you know, when we think about automation and where how we use technology is how can we make it even easier for agencies and clients to be using the platform. Uh, but yeah, absolutely, agencies are a key partner of ours. And um, what impact is um, tech going to have um, on your workforce? Do you think? I mean, last year it was reported you cut your workforce by five percent. I mean, I'd be interested to know generally what jobs went and why, and how you see that happening over the next year, two years, three years. Well, you know, when we think about the year ahead, we're actually thinking about investments in certain parts of the business. So, in our earnings call last week, our CFO shared that we will be. Uh, you know, we'll be investing in our more performance solutions uh, type of roles, which are the more technical, think of it as more the more technical roles that help our advertisers adopt those measurement solutions, those APIs, you know, shopping, et cetera. And we'll be potentially investing in some frontline sellers in our international markets. So we are in the place of uh, of investment. It's very difficult to say, obviously, what, what the market would look like years down, like, 12 months down the line or, or next year. So it's very difficult, but this is what we shared last week in our earnings call. Yeah. And um, zooming out more generally, I mean, what, what would you say, what was the biggest misperception or myth um, that people might have about Pinterest that um, you could, if you could snap your fingers, you would change? So I think I actually, okay, I'm going to say two. <laughs> so the, the, two, the okay. first one was, I think is that Pinterest is for uh, mums, only who do arts and crafts. That's what that's what I hear, and I, and I think we've seen. You know, we're winning with Gen Z. I mean, that's forty percent of our audience is Gen Z, and we use this incredibly wide use cases of the platform. So people are using it for, you know, planning their financial future, all the way to planning a dream trip. So it's you know, it's a really wide range of, of use cases. And the second thing is is it's really understanding that Pinterest is a performance platform. You know, we have over half over fifty percent of our revenue runs through performance. And we deliver incredible results for our clients there, whereas I think historically people were thinking of us as more of a upper funnel. Now, having said that, we are still, we have a very strong brand play. You know, we we launched a new product last year uh, called Spotlight, which is a 
take over product. And actually, our brand advertisers absolutely love it because it delivers. So, but I think this will be probably my two things that I, w- I would love to dis- dispel the myth. So, so are you saying that you don't have mums using Pinterest to, <laughs> to do that? <laughs> how many? Do, how many do you have? I'm one of those. So I use it for for arts and crafts and for my children. And like that's a, that's an absolutely you no know, very strong use case that we have. But I think we have we have grown the audience. I think that's the way to think about it. Is we have grown the audience by really attracting that Gen Z uh, that Gen Z audience onto the platform. Yeah. And hey, by the way, let me tell you, I, I have two kids myself and I can tell you, I spend a lot of money on stuff for kids. Um, so definitely no bad thing to be um, targeting parents of kids who um, are very good at getting their parents to spend money on them. Well, I get my, my 12 year old is very happy that her mom works at Pinterest and I, I know, and I, because her friends use it. And also I, I think both are, both are true. <laughs> And, um, and, and you personally, so you've, you've been on Pinterest for a while now, haven't you? I mean, we always ask people that come on the podcast, um, what is your passion for media? So you obviously have this big and interesting job in media, um, but what would you say is your passion? What, what drives you to continue working in this industry? So say two things. So the, the first thing is, you know, the, the serendipity of advertising. I love the moment where I find something that I didn't know existed through advertising when advertising done well. Like I absolutely love these moments and I have, you know, throughout my my life and I'll be honest, very often on Pinterest, I'll find these brands or I'll find these products that I didn't think I, I didn't know were there. And I to me that's that's just like a very that's a very exciting moment. And I think like finding bringing that to consumers is just something that I, I, I really like. And the second thing is I just love our industry. You know, I think it's an industry where people are uh, like very friendly. Everybody, I, I truly enjoy everybody I meet and even, and even you know, competitors or like just the broader industry. I like the people I meet. So I, I really, I really, really enjoy everyone, uh, like meeting everyone at events or just, you know, having chats. Great. Thank you very much. Uh, Milka Priva-Dvanova is head of Europe, Middle East and Africa at Pinterest. Thanks for coming on the Media Leader podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Media Leader Podcast. This episode was edited by our production partners, Trisonic. You can find and listen to all our episodes on our website at themedialeader.co.uk or wherever you get your podcasts. But just remember, please do subscribe to be notified when we release our next episode. From all of us at The Media Leader, I'm editor Omar Oaks. Our executive producer is Jack Benjamin. See you next time.